If I were the devil. If I were the devil. If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population. But I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. The. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. Welcome back to Bonded Voices. My name's Ian. I'm Greg. And this is Lauren. And if you haven't heard that before, that is Paul Harvey from 1965 and a piece he wrote called If I Were the Devil. And what's shocking about it is we're nearly 60 years past that moment, and it's almost prophetic. It's almost prophetic to a point of disturbing. So my question is on that is, did he come up with that, seeing something? Is it something that he saw that at that point is like, it's happening right now, this it's already happened or is he being prophetic well you know we've talked before about how 
a lot of the issues that the American society has today started in the 60s. Maybe he saw it at the early stages of it and it was something that dis disturbed him. He had eyes wide open. Well, and, and in listening to that, that's not a modified version. That's no. not an edited version. And he's spot on. It's yeah, terrifying. You could go line by line and right. find a major news story that would map to exactly mm -hmm. each one of his pieces. Yeah, it's not like, oh, yeah, he was 70% right. Yeah. No, 100%. 100% right, yeah. And, and, and so think about it. The Catholic priest scandal that really, I think... It happened all the way through the 60s and the 70s, and finally it came out, I think, in the 90s when it started to be prosecuted. And you know, they accused the Catholic Church of moving priests around to protect them. And But I think that may have a longer history than just something that started in the 60s. So, but, but that's just one item within there. But there's so much of, of what he talked about that maybe is newer or at least 60s onwards yeah well so listen to that in in knowing we're going to talk about it tonight it it really brings up a a, a video i'd seen in the past about a, a kgb agent called yuri bezmanov and it follows this basic premise of it's not the james bond kgb agents it's more of a we'll sit down and will become your educators and we will start changing society and making it, I don't want to say worse, but we're, we're changing your society from what it was to what we want it to be. But that was a KGB plot, correct? Yes. They actually hedged that and, and mapped it all out. And, he, and the, the, the guy who flipped from the KGB to us actually said, this is what they're going to do to you. Yeah, it was a, there was, what, four or five stages in this whole process. And the first stage was get you to, you know, the educators. And then it would go after the educators would then go on to the next stage and, and hit all these, you know, change society from that aspect. Mm -hmm. It wasn't James Bond running through the streets and, and stealing some top secret missile silo secrets it was we're going to go after america and we're going to change the educators and you know they said it started in the 60s so by the time the mid 70s happened all the educators were already indoctrinated into one philosophical you know path yeah so w what was the just time frame wise for that agent yuri what was the time frame that he went public, defected from Russia he and defected, I believe, in nineteen seventy. So the plot was hatched by the KGB sure. in either the fifties or the sixties to do this. And he was an active agent during the sixties. Well think about it. My son was just studying um, communism and Karl Marx at school. I think a lot of people think Karl Marx was part of the Russian communist revolution, right? But Karl Marx was a German philosopher in the mid-1800s. It was his philosophy mm -hmm. that nearly, like, 70 years later sparked world change with communism that probably counts for the death of 100 million people plus. But you know, to stay on, on topic, we picked this one because it's so prophetic and brilliant but also to get people thinking along the lines of and greg i'm going to ask you this question first 
you know Paul asked if I were the devil what would he keep doing and Paul Harvey said he'd just keep doing what he's doing in the things he's described but think of it about it from and this is the best place we can protect you can, it's hard to protect the macro but your micro world your family your immediate sounds if I were the devil what would he be doing to destroy your world so I think the significant effort to cause judgment and diversions from your neighbors. And what I mean by that is specifically social media. It drives so much fear and doubt for anybody that is looking for that as an avenue. So comparing my life to somebody else's based on their feed on social media causes me to doubt who I am. And then if I'm doubting who I am, then I'm looking for someone to help me in this situation. And now I'm going to start looking towards those that appear to be ultra successful, which what are we basing success on? Is it a picture of they're, they're standing in front of their new automobile. Is that success? Is that value? Is that what I value as a parent for my okay. kids? Or they went on this wonderful ski trip. They went on all these different things. And it's it really undermines... We've talked about this earlier on a different podcast. Putting the phone down for a couple of hours. And that, I think, is the most important thing that I can urge as a parent to reconnect with my kids. And we live a crazy busy life, but to the point of, if I were the devil, I would continue this push of separating people and constantly judging each other because they will never find common ground. Yeah, there will always be competition. Yeah, interesting. Earlier driving, there was a, a news story on about, and I just turned it on and just came to this exact part to what you're talking about with social media, where the clips you see of people is, isn't a cross section of their world. It's the best staged moment of their world. It's a curated view Thank of you. what the what of the best parts, yes, right? And it the social media makes us it becomes a keeping up with the Joneses as a nonstop, and it gets bigger and bigger all the time. And it's interesting you said keeping up with Joneses because they even said that, and they said, but at least the Joneses had ups and downs in their world. The Joneses mm -hmm. on social media, it's just up, 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 right, right, and you know, and it's kind of ironic that we talk about this and we live in Scottsdale, which is one of the most, look at us, we're, you know, that is a, <clears throat> you go into Old Town Scottsdale on a Saturday night and you look at what's there. It's, it's not reality. And, you know, you drive, you know, do the outer loop in on the freeway and you see all the houses over in certain neighborhoods. It's like, how, how do people even afford that? And how, like, there's not enough jobs that are that high paying that can sustain that type of growth and that type of uh, infrastructure up there. And so, you know, even the people with good jobs are leaving or living, you know, off their credit cards, which is goes back to the. <laughs> so the, is this your if I were the devil? Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's we're 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 all constantly, you know, you know, compared or we, we, we internally compare ourselves against what mm -hmm, we see. Mm -hmm. Well, you hear people say commonly, you can't take it with you. Yeah. Uh, 
Sure, that's one way to look at financial stability. I think financial stability is looked down upon, though. Is it better to have money in the bank, or is it better to go to Italy and, <laughs> you know, the Amalfi Coast for a week? Yeah. <laughs> well, the money in the bank doesn't get doesn't give you the opportunity to uh, speak with a fun accent at happy hour. True. About true. how cool you are. But it doesn't get you likes <laughs> on your true. social media. Well, it's what only it? a fun accent if you're in a place where your accent isn't the accent of the place you're in. Then it becomes a fun accent. Spoken from know? the gentleman with the accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's ask you the question, Ian. So, so I've been thinking about this, and I don't think Paul Harvey actually covered this. And for me, that if I were the devil, it, 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 and this is for any ladies listening, and I, and for men as well, because I think what what I'm going to go through affected both in a huge way society for men and women. I think it started with technology, but then was amplified with the sex tapes of Pamela Anderson and Paris Hilton, two very affluent people who all of a sudden became, you know, do-it-yourself porn stars. That became accepted. That became like, well, aren't we all doing it? And then you had OJ and the Kardashians. And then you had this culture of, I want to be a Kardashian. Girls with a body count, girls with piercings, tattoos, um, loose lifestyles, morals were to be frowned upon. They didn't need men. And before you knew it, too many girls wanted to be them. And I think that has led to a huge breakdown. And the saddest part is I think we're seeing a much larger than ever 40 plus year old single women who are lonely and are given up hope on what the future could hold for them. And they hold on to this, I'm independent, I'm independent, I'm independent. But they're still alone. Yeah, that's a that's definitely an interesting topic. But my my mind went to: Is there also a significant amount of forty year old men that would love to be in a relationship and have because the numbers are out of balance because of the Kardashian effect, whatever we want to refer to this as? So has that skewed? the pendulum is the balance no longer balanced because throughout time there will be people that find others there will be people that don't and so there's, there's certain things in nature that hold true and they're unfair um, and one of them is that as men get older they become more financially stable they become more sensible and they become more attractive to women the way a lot of men look at women, it's 18 through maybe 30 is the years when women have their highest value to men. And I know it's controversial to say, but at the same time, you ask any guy who's in his 40s, do you want to date a 25-year-old or do you want to date a 40-year-old? I think the, nine times out of 10, they're going to want to date the 25 year old as well because of the fact of if they want to have a family, 
if they have it. The 25 year old's much more capable of producing more children for them if that's what changes in their world.、Mm. And I think that, that men also have that、um, situation where, and it's, it's still wrong with men to have that huge body count, but it, it, for, if it, most men who have that huge body count would not want to then marry another woman with a huge body count. They'd want it to be a situation where. And it's unfair. Like, I, as I said, it, it's unfair. It's something just that's inbuilt into society that they want to have that. So it's definitely, if you look at the stats on Americans with American fatherless homes, we're one of the world leaders in that. Like, other countries that we look down on as Americans have much better family structures. Mm hmm. They may not be as rich a country as we are, or as in much, as much debt as we are. Maybe that's another one of this if I were the devil. You put us $33 trillion in debt, and, and let's not talk about it, right? So I think those things eventually have consequences. And I know a certain amount of women who are in their 40s and their 50s, and they're alone and lonely. They don't want independence when they're 40s and their 50s, they want a companion. Yeah, I was talking to someone、uh, that's in the dating pool at, in their 50s, and they said they were looking on Tinder, and their options being in the, it was a lady、um, when she was in her, in her 50s, and she said the options are absolutely scary. Right? Yeah. yeah the, there's not the pool of people that you think, oh, I'm going to just do this. And- you think about it, if you're a 50 old man, you can date. Women from 25 through 60. If you're a 50 year old woman, now things you're looking at men who are maybe 75 through 50. So it, it's, it's flipped. We're dating younger, they're having to date older.、Mm-hmm. And that's doesn't. But moving on from this one, great. One more. There's one more from each of us on If I Were the Devil. <clears throat> It's the, it's the tiny little, it's all of the, the, the blind following of、um, not validating for yourself. It's the, and I know social media, I mentioned that earlier, but, but so many people seek out information from the loudest voices rather than. Asking the secondary question and why. The, the term that we've all heard, follow the money. Yeah. Of why is this particular company sponsoring this thing? Why does this organization come up when we're talking about this topic? Digging deeper because there is so much manipulation of human capital and mindset, and so many people that. Blindly follow when you ask them, What do you find important? And let's, let's talk about voting history. Let's talk about you know, something where you have to make a decision and you check the box one way or the other. And then you ask the person, Well, what do you believe in? What, do, what are your viewpoints, your thoughts? And it's counterintuitive to who you voted for. Right. I would say that. that、um Going, I just want to jump in here that、mm-hmm. that whole it's almost like a nationalism but on a political spectrum. So it's, you know, p- 
party X and party Y. We know sure. what they are, but uh, you get so caught up and you just blindly follow and you just become another, I don't care what it is. I just follow the, the party and mm -hmm. just check every box that I can. And I did my due diligence or my due do my duty for the party. What's that called? Like mass formation psychology or something where they're locked okay. into that uh, yeah. one way well, of I mean, thinking. And, and I think that our society has been broken down into you're either on the this side who thinks they're on the good side or on this other side who thinks they're on the good side. Right. And there's no meeting in the middle anymore. Oh. There's no center anymore. It's just, well, maybe there is. And it's just all we're being going back to if I was the devil following the talking heads in the boxes saying this is how you should think. And people go, OK, this is the way I should think. Well, and, and I want to believe that the the real majority of people, that there's actually a, a center group of people in our country that share common values, that aren't represented in the media sources. And so my hope for them is continue to ask those questions, continue to ask the whys, the next question on the list, instead of you just received the answer, you didn't ask the second or third level question because so many there's so much manipulation and i think quite honestly if i were the devil that's exactly what i would do is i would speak so loud i would wear the right colors i would make sure that my advertising was perfect and theoretically reached out to people so that they didn't ask me the why right see for me the and maybe my last one and as i'm sitting here thinking many many come to mind but is the difference between traditions that we've elevated, and if I was the devil, I would elevate traditions that mean nothing like National Donut Day, <laughs> right? And things like that, that to on a par with Thanksgiving or on a par with, you know, Christmas. And I think part of happy holidays isn't to offend no one. It's to offend a lot of people because it it's a, it's Christmas. And the idea of, for me of for happy holidays is you've now just, again, eroded the majority's holiday to placate the minority, and, and that becomes the tyranny of the minority situation. Well, I don't mean to, to jump on this, but I'm going to. So if you can make everything not important, and you as the government can come in and then decide what is important. Correct. Then you have completely eroded society. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah very much so. And as we know, um, the bigger the government, the smaller the citizen. And that's again, goes back to the KGB thing, right? How do you make organizations bigger? How do you make, how do you make th things that would normally be respected by us unrespected. Hey, Lauren, why don't you wrap us up? Oh, that's a, that's a hard one to follow there. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, it, it goes back to what, what Greg was saying. You got to trust but verify mm -hmm. in society. You can't, uh, we're a, a nation of consumers and we've got to, you know, watch where we, what we consume and how much we consume. And it, you know, keeping up the Joneses needs to be slowed down a little bit. Um, I think that's, you know, where I would 
mm. lead us to. So you know, we're giving you some of our ideas. We'd love you to think about it. We'd love you to even in the comments section on different podcast portals like Spotify and Apple, just leave us a note. Leave us a note talking about if you, it, maybe we missed something that if that you would think about that if you were the devil you could do, but or even write to us as well. So until next time, I'm Ian. I'm Greg. And this is Lauren. And we'll see you next time. Bye.